0: Hello and welcome my name Justin Woods and I'm one of the co-hosts from the Talking Roadmaps channel the YouTube channel and podcast where we talk about everything roadmaps from the good the bad and the ugly we have expert practitioners like Michael who I'm going to introduce shortly we have special guests we also talk about tools and top tips as well so without further ado I'd love to introduce Michael Morris onto the channel Michael
1: welcome Thanks, Justin. It's great to great to be here.
0: It's great for you to be here as well because um, of course we've got a bit of history. We've worked together in the past through, through uh road mapping. And actually, Michael, you've had a really rich um experience of product management throughout your career and, and different bits around software development as well. I was wondering if uh you could just share with us some of some of your history and your experience.
1: I've been in product probably for the last uh, 15 years in, in, you know, either as a practitioner or leading product teams uh, prior to that, uh, you know, probably the standard, almost the Silicon Valley, Valley classic, uh, you know, software engineering background, but never destined to be a, a developer really uh, with a computer science degree, um, but spent early part of my career in consulting and, uh, and yeah, implementation professional services, always in the sort of B2B software space. Uh, and was probably fascinated quite early, I guess, with the intersection of, uh, you know, business and technology. And, and that sort of led me almost acti- accidentally into, into product. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time between you know, Australia and, and now the UK uh, with global businesses um, doing B2B software product work. And it's been great.
0: Superb. Yeah, I think I wonder if that's one of the reasons why I just managed to gel with you quite a lot early on, you know, my former background at IBM and as a software developer and a background in computer engineering as well. Um you said it quite right. This that intersection between technology and the business that I think is a big attraction for people getting into product management. That's that's the place that we meet.
1: I, I knew enough on the technology side to you know, communicate with the engineers, but, you know, uh, picked up enough from the sort of consulting angle and professional service angle to talk to customers and to, um, you know, think through the, the business model and all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, being able to play both sides of that coin, I guess, is, uh, is a valuable
0: it is yeah absolutely, and of course you've held some senior roles in product at Experian and now head of product at, at TrueLayer for the last seven months, so congratulations with that
1: yeah thanks uh, it's been great um yeah, I spent a lot of time uh with with Experian uh, which is, uh, is a great company, you know really formative part of my my career and uh, had some really great opportunities for which I'll I'll ever be thankful. Um, but yeah, about six seven months ago, uh, moved to uh, fintech uh, in London, um, uh, who sort of have a, a pretty pretty good presence across Europe as well. Um, uh, called Trula. Um so uh, maybe I'll talk a bit more about that uh, later on.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. We can switch up or talk back around any of these questions as we go. In fact, sometimes we we come full circle. As always with the YouTube channel, please do uh, like and subscribe if you find value in this. Um, it helps us to for other people to find us on the channel. And by all means, share us out as well. If Michael or I mentioned something that's interesting to you, share it out to someone that you think would find value. Also, if you'd like to get in touch and sit where Michael is today, then feel free just to reach out, getting contact with our email address or comment down below and we'd love to have you on the channel cool so maybe i'll kick things off with kind of a a really direct question here which is in terms of a roadmap what 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 in your experience has been the purpose of a roadmap
1: the purpose is ultimately to to communicate right and and i think for me it's to to communicate the product plan as currently constituted um, and I, I use the term product plan fairly deliberately. Um, you know, we, we talk about the plan and plans can change, right? We talk about our intention. Um, and uh, even if the roadmap is the artifact by which we use to communicate, you know, really try and frame uh, the roadmap as the product plan um, or, you know, here's the sequence of, uh, of items that, that solve certain problems um to work towards our our sort of broader vision. You know, here's the steps we're gonna take along that journey. And I think that's that's what a roadmap should be.
0: I actually I really like that definition of it it's a sequence of 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 problems in fact I've hashed it up already but it was a sequence that you mentioned of of outcomes or problems that are going to get us to where we need to be um, and I think sometimes people go far too too much too deep into a delivery plan and what they think that needs to look like but actually that's really elegant it's just here is a sequence of things that we're considering that are going to help us to achieve that so that's a great way of putting
1: it if, if you think if we, if we go theoretical and, and think about you know what are roadmap is right as i want to get from point a to point b and i'm going to look at you know maybe the various stops i'm going to take along the way or the, the route i'm going to take to get there and and so you know a product roadmap is is the articulation of that from a um, from a product plan perspective which is why i think that that product plan element is is really important
0: i love that definition of kind of the purpose of a roadmap from from your experience who has been the audience of of a
1: roadmap Oh, I mean, does everyone class as, as a category? Uh, I, I think I mean, there's certainly more than one audience. Um, yeah, that's for sure, and and different groups need uh, different things. Uh, and yeah, some of those groups, particularly when we think about internal, right? I think we can maybe say, hey, there's internal and external audiences. I think many of the internal audiences to our organisations they actually want to use the roadmap and convey. Different things to their own audiences, right? If you think about from a, a sales perspective and a go-to-market perspective, yeah, it's like what can I sell now and what can I sell later. But actually, they want to be able to share that information with clients to get them excited and to galvanize uh, opportunities they're already working on. Um, they always, you know, are interested in, like, of course, what's changing because that impacts things like sales cycle. Um, you've got other product teams, right? Is a really important audience. So. Um, you know, when we think about some of the work we did previously together, uh, the initial audience for that was was an, uh, an internal product and engineering audience, right? It's like, how do we map this stuff out to identify what dependencies might exist much more clearly? And then that forces a conversation or it forces a set of actions. Um, so, uh, and by extension, I think that, that forcing the conversation is true of all internal departments, right. It could be implementation and professional services, um, and, and others. I think what's general across those internal groups, uh, is they want some view of, of what's coming from a product perspective, why it's coming, like why those decisions being made ideally when they're coming, right. Which is just the, the sort of, uh, maybe the, the big sticking point, always with roadmaps, um, and that, that might trigger a whole bunch of uh, you know, actions or, or other conversations, depending on the, on the department. If we think about the external audiences, customers, investors, uh, and actually each of those, um, particularly, I think, when you transition from uh, internal to external, the nature of the content, uh, you know, and, and the message being conveyed as part of that communication, uh, you know, I think changes fairly dra- dramatically.
0: That's really true. And actually, there's two bits you mentioned there that I thought were really valuable and and, and possibly hadn't brought out on previous episodes, which is the point that sometimes the the product roadmap that you create can be um, for other product teams. You know, That's really important. It's not just one product team. It's here are the cross-dependencies that we're working on. Here are the timelines. So actually, sometimes they're going to need visibility of your roadmap and your overall trajectory, which they may align to. But they're also going to need visibility of the delivery plan so that they can align their delivery and coordinate with that. And the second piece that you picked up was around the investors. And I think that's a really important thing that we may not have touched on before as well, which is that the investors are potentially going to want to see a roadmap, not in terms of a delivery plan, but what's the overall strategic direction of the company because they want to know what direction you're going in. The lens
1: varies, right? I think it's, uh, you know, if we're talking about other, other delivery teams, other product teams, you know we we are getting more to that project type perspective on things you know we're we're trying to use that as a, a do we have all the i's dotted and the t's crossed between these two teams because dependencies uh, just it always exists. Uh, at, at the investing level, even the customer level, we're just coming up, you know, that sort of 30,000 foot level, right? We're just providing a different lens, uh, different level of detail, I think.
0: You mentioned at the beginning that are, the the um, the roadmap is a communication tool. It needs to communicate to that target audience. So yeah, that, that makes sense. What, a, what about um, ownership of the roadmap? Who, who do you think owns a roadmap within an organization?
1: I think, I mean, for me, it sort of depends on what what we mean when we say own, right? What is it that's being owned? Uh, like the product decisions and the rationale that become the inputs into the roadmap content is owned by the product manager, right? And then the product manager team and, and you know, that that sort of organization. Um, but like the artifact of the roadmap and the process that goes along with the curation of it and keeping up to date and Sharing it, communicating it. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that can vary. Um, and and for me, that I think that point's really important. If if we expect the roadmap to be just this thing, uh, this you know digital or on paper artifact that is self-explanatory, I, I think we're probably kidding ourselves. Um, so like ownership of the process that surrounds its creation. And, and the cadence of its communication. I, I truly believe that if we're going to create a roadmap, uh, particularly for an internal audience or set of audiences, it needs to be presented on a regular basis. Um, and so if we think about that process, uh, you know, who owns that can vary, right? It can be product management. Uh, I've had really good success in the past with that being owned by product marketing. Um, maybe it's product operations if if that's a thing in, in your organization. So um but, but having clarity on ownership is, is critical. Um but but really thinking about it as an entire process as opposed to just like the artifact uh for me is is really important.
0: That's a that's a great answer actually. And so vital. You know, it's not a single page in a PowerPoint or whatever tool you're using. It is a process. Um and you know, there there needs to be ownership of of the inputs. But I, I like your differentiation of that as well. That's that's great. And and maybe that bleeds into the, the question of around who maintains a roadmap then, because I think we've already you know summarized part of that. That could be a product operations or a product marketing team um, that, that that is going to own the overall maintenance of the roadmap, but the inputs could come from somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I think come back to, to those inputs are, are essentially the product decisions, right? It's it's a representation of the product plan uh, as we've currently defined it. And so like those decisions are uh, being made by product management and how those decisions are made, you know, is maybe a topic for a different discussion, but we just say the, the product manager is the person uh, who's, who's making that decision that that item is going to be on, on the roadmap. Um, but more broadly, I guess, you know, I think that question of maintenance is, is tricky. Um, and I think the question actually at the heart of maintenance is, what happens when things change right what happens when something on the roadmap uh isn't the same as it was when you presented it to me a month ago or two months ago or three months ago um so if we assume that we have a nice quarterly rhythm the artifact is produced through whatever process owned by whichever department um and it gets presented on a regular basis okay that's really great um in that same cadence you know when, when we present the roadmap i think it's it's certainly uh, the right thing to do to share, you know, when things have moved and and when things have changed. Um, however, each product or initiative uh, will have different key stakeholders, and and if the first time those stakeholders are hearing about the change uh, of something on the roadmap, um, then uh, you know something's probably gone wrong there. Um, and let's be clear: when when things change, they usually shift uh you know in in to, to the right rather than uh things happening earlier so um so i think that that is a tricky one I, I would say that when things change it's it's certainly the responsibility of the product manager to make sure that key people are informed you know as soon as possible uh you know with with the right information um as a catch-all right if we have a good cadence of updating the artifact and presenting it we can bring the sort of general population or that, those other audiences Uh, up to speed as part of that process and i think that's that's probably okay
0: that's the difference i think between the roadmap being a communication tool and the roadmap being an alignment tool, because what I think we're saying there is sometimes someone will spot something's changed on the roadmap, and it's through the viewing of that roadmap that they see the change, whereas actually what you're sharing here, I think, is that as part of a process, they should have been informed already, and then therefore the delivery or view of that roadmap is actually the alignment or acknowledgement of that change. Sometimes a change in the roadmap, it's just not just the visual that tells them the change, it's clarification of what was already discussed, I think there's a level of etiquette in there isn't there
1: it's sort of the no surprises uh, thing right like particularly um depending if there's an executive sponsor uh on a given product or initiative you know and something doesn't work as a partner you know dependency that doesn't quite happen the month you want it to happen and is delayed by a month like you know that executive sponsor needs to know at the time that thing is happening and you know what mitigation we have in place or what the potential flow and impact is or Um, you know, those things can't wait for uh, uh, your next quarterly update.
0: Totally agree. And potentially a bit more down at the project or delivery plan level, which we kind of want to keep separate from the main sort of strategic roadmap definitely
1: i think you see those items shift you know i mean if there's a big enough material movement in an item that you said hey it's going to be done at the end of q2 and now it's the end of q3 um, like that's a visible shift and should be called out right um, but uh, but yeah, i think the there's a difference like you said between the the project delivery view of the world and hey here was our intention and our you know uh, our product plan yeah, absolutely.
0: You, you mentioned some some other things around, you know, we've talked about delivery plan and project plans, thinking more upstream of the roadmap, potentially the the vision, the strategy and the objectives. What do you see as the relationship between a roadmap and kind of those higher level North Star type documents?
1: The pro- roadmap is at the bottom of that stack. You know, th- those things you, you mentioned, uh, you know, we think about vision or strategy or Goals or strategic priorities, or you know, pick pick your vernacular. Um, they provide the direction of travel. Uh, they provide the guardrails, if you like, for the roadmap. They provide the um, maybe even in some cases key points upon which product decisions ultimately get made, right? And, and um, but those things act as the, the filter, if you like, um, for for what ends up on the roadmap. So the roadmap represents the more discrete set of product decisions of what problems to tackle and possibly how we tackle them um, and the order in, in which we'll sequence uh, those to, to make progress toward that vision. But if you don't have the vision or you don't have the strategic priorities or, or some of those guardrails, then you know, the roadmap can have anything on it, can't it? I mean, and, and it's okay. You know, it's, the, it's the output, right? It's the output of um, those, those higher order, um, you know, artifacts or, or sets of processes
0: yeah agreed and and i've I've seen situations where you know companies have a roadmap but they don't have clarity in those um, strategic vision, objectives, et, et cetera. And, and so the roadmap is, 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 you know, it's a trajectory, you know, where we are now to the trajectory we we're going, but where are we going? You know, the, the whole point of the the strategy, the vision, the objectives, the North Star, is it sets the North Star to where we're going. And so a roadmap is going to show direction. Um, sorry, a roadmap is going to show velocity, but not necessarily any form of direction. And I think that's, you know, that's a really dangerous position
1: to be in. One of the things that, that for me is, is really important. And that's why I say when I think, you know, if you take an internal audience and we say um, and we have a roadmap, I, I believe it should be presented because I think the what's really critical there is context, right? The context for the roadmap, the context for the plan um, is 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 not inherently uh, on a single slide that's got you know a bunch of text on it type scenario, right? So um, uh, understanding those... Uh, the context through strategy, through vision, uh, etc., um, is I think is, is the path to a successful um, product roadmap artifact. I,
0: I, lo- I love that wording. there. It's the context that's so important. You know, anything without context is is you know we, we should we should question that. Whereas that sets all of the framing that we need. That's a, that's a great answer. Thank you for that. I wonder if we go into kind of the design then. So we've talked about kind of the, the core of a roadmap and what purpose it serves. From from your experience, what do you believe are some of the key elements or the content of
1: a roadmap? What do you like to see on that roadmap? Uh, maybe I'll start with what I what I don't like to see. Maybe it's a, a, it's a reaction or it's a, just a, this sort of innate desire to show people all the stuff we're working on. Here's all the good stuff. Here's you know, a product manager wants to demonstrate that their product team, the engineering team, is really busy doing stuff, and so. Um, uh, you know, you you end up with a roadmap that's got loads and loads of stuff on it, right? If we talk about roadmap as like being this some visual representation, which I think we'll talk about, but um, so so you know, firstly, I I don't think it has everything on it, right? I I think a good roadmap doesn't have everything on it; it has the most important things. Um, uh, and uh, one of the things that I found useful is, um, again coming back to maybe that the idea of context is. Okay, you got the roadmap, which you know, people probably have some sort of visual representation in their head. It's got some time frames on it. It's got some boxes on the, on a screen with with items. I think, and that, that's yeah, you know, that, that's fine. Um, but actually, to to say to an internal audience, okay, here's this view, and here's like the most important things. But actually, of the most important things, there's actually something that's even more important, right? And so pulling the key headlines of that out. Um, into things that we've called it in the past, maybe like a spotlight, right? So I've got, hey, there's five items across this roadmap and this particular work stream, but in um, yeah. you know, the next quarter or two, like, here's the spotlight. You know, if you're going to take away something, Mr. Salesperson, like, here's here's the thing you should take away. And so separating those key headline items from the, you know, the, the roadmap and sort a of Gantt view of the world, if you like, and saying, you know, here's, here's a key highlight. Um, here's what you should really pay attention to uh here's the customer need here's the elevator pitch that you can uh, see you know here's the key benefits here are some of the key features um beyond just looking at that sequential view i think it's also something that goes into a good roadmap so uh I, you know i don't think about a roadmap being just that uh that sequential view i think you can you can enrich that roadmap by saying okay now we're, we're going to do a spotlight on these these one or two uh, sort of headline items uh, which I found to be really useful. Um, in, and again, in, in communicating uh, to the audience what it is you're trying to accomplish.
0: Right. And, and that completely uh, really well feeds into what you're talking about was the lens, which is thinking about your target audience. What do they want to know and spotlighting that for them? That that really resonates with me. What about um, some of the anti-patterns or bad practices you may regularly encounter? I think we, we joked at one of the, the, earlier on, which was kind of things always sliding to the right as a typical anti-pattern thing for things. But are there any others that come to mind, some kind of anti-patterns or bad
1: practices that you, you've seen in road mapping? treating it like more of a project plan uh where you know where you know if you think about you got these quarterly horizons and you know maybe we could talk about what i think about that but like you got these quarterly horizons and you've got a a bar that says you know going to deliver this widget trying to make that look like the length of time that it's taking to do the work right um uh, or, or linking linking dependencies between that item on the roadmap and another item. I mean, like, I think that's an anti-pan, right? I think you, you're you in the world of project management, and. Um uh dependency mapping and a whole bunch of other stuff you're, you're asking the roadmap to do too much
0: i read somewhere the other day someone was saying that they're, they're tired of the sales team getting a ruler out and measuring the length of their boxes <laughs> i just thought it was hilarious but you, you mentioned a couple there in terms of the, the the horizons i'd love to go into that a little bit more in terms of do you have a preferred way to visualize and style for a roadmap it sounds like horizons may be part of that for you
1: yeah i mean maybe that that word is too uh you know too fluffy. For me, I think what I've found to work over the years is um, next quarter, right? Really clear next quarter, uh, the quarter after that. And then actually maybe we're looking at half, right? So, um, and and you can even, you know, to think about the visualization. I've got Q1, I've got Q2, I've got H2. And then maybe I've got like a future column, right? This is in discovery or this is stuff that's in the labs or, or whatever. Um, but I, when I say horizon, I just think, uh, you know, one of those key blocks of time. You know, monthly is wrong um, because uh, you know I just don't think things work that way. And actually, visually, that that becomes really challenging. Um, but yeah, you know, a quarterly or with a, you know with, with a half uh, here or there, I think is probably the the way to the way to think about it. Um, the presentation beyond the time frame is also really interesting. So, uh, you know. If, if you're a one product organization, like it's pretty straightforward, right? I, I can take a, a one product view. Maybe I, you know, if I think I've got some sort of swim lane element to this roadmap, I can think about layers of technology, right? Depending on how you're organized. If you're a multi-product organization, right? You know, you've you've exponentially uh, complicated the the consumption of that information, right? To the audience. So, you know, picking the, the, the way you present the information be it by like i said maybe it's technology layer maybe it's um use case maybe it's strategic priority right i think again if you go to context couching the roadmap in the strategic priorities is, is a really useful thing to do because that helps you cut through some of the well, why we're we even doing this right if you, if you couch it up front in those uh, whatever those key themes are i think for me that's there's no hard or fast on that you know i think you've really got to look at uh, again, what your audience is looking to uh, to get out of it, or what you're looking to get get to them, um, and then picking picking a model that that works uh, from a from a thematic perspective. I, I do think those themes are important um, because when you think about elevating through the levels of roadmap, if I want to come up to you know, present to my uh, investors, let's say, my my board or my executive, maybe I'm just presenting the themes, right? Um, and then some key initiatives for the theme, right? And, and the impact of that. So, uh, but but you need something, you need some sort of thematic overview uh, as you look to uh, to present. Um, the other thing that has been useful over time is to think about tags. Um, and so by we talk about tags, we think about things like, uh, is a given item on that roadmap relevant for just one geography? or all geographies or one vertical or all verticals or, you know, and the the sort of tags can be uh, infinite. But if you think about uh, visually, you're trying to save space, uh, you know, being able to tag a given item as uh, being more or less relevant to a given area, you know, is also something that, that I've seen as be quite useful.
0: Yeah that's um that's really good actually and that's that's really relevant to slicing and dicing the content of your roadmap depending on that target audience um we might find that we've got area managers or domain managers for example that are interested in a specific geography and everything that affects that and so tagging it for a geography makes complete sense for everything else so we've not we've not talked about that one but i really like that michael it's a great way of being able to just consolidate information really small but again showing it in different ways different lenses
1: well, I mean, if if we connect that to you know, to to an experience that I've, I've had you know some time ago, is we the, our go-to-market organization was was geographically aligned, right? So like so presenting something to the North American team that's like only UK related that like, seems like something you probably don't you haven't quite got your message to the audience right. So um, yeah, we would in in a in maybe your product management tool or whatever the the repository is that you're creating the the key inputs you know you're tagging things as uh you know this is uk or this is north america or this is global so when you go to extract the that that information and put it into whatever the artifact is that you're going to present um you can say yeah we're just going to present like the uk version of the information or the us version of the information or the australia version of the information um and so uh again your audiences vary by um you know, as much as the, the roadmap content does.
0: Yeah, they absolutely do. And 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 something that you mentioned there, which also feels important, is it's very much about reading the organization and the audience and creating the right roadmap for them. You know, we, we, when we were talking about what you'd like to see on the roadmap in terms of the themes or, or couching some of those strategic imperatives that we've got, it really depends on what your, what your company wants to see. That's why we don't have a one roadmap fits all for all of these companies, because it really depends on how the company is, the maturity of the company, the maturity of the products, um, what the stakeholders are used to seeing. I think some experiences have been where you, we want to introduce a roadmap, and it's in such a different way than the organization thinks. Actually, the message never lands, because we need to transition them to you know understanding that roadmap as well. It's loads of stuff here that I think some things like tagging is going to help us uh, along that journey.
1: Something you said, there's, I think it's really important, and, and maybe this is a, a, a caution, right, is that like the the roadmap you have today won't be the roadmap that you're presenting to the organization in two years or three years time. Right. And, and, uh, because I think if you don't have a roadmap today and you start presenting one, like any good product, right. You're going to get loads and loads of feedback that you're going to have to filter through and say, okay, like what's valid, what's not valid and how do I improve it? So, so I think, think about, you know, the, the, the artifact and the process and all that sort of stuff as, as a journey in and of itself. Um, and you, you'll improve and you'll find new ways to do things and you'll learn, you, you, your organization will adopt, um, you know, some things better than others. And those things will become the sort of cultural, uh, norms for, for the way you do roadmaps at your company. Um, and, and also to not, not be too surprised when any time you choose to change something, Right. You're going to put yourself back into that cycle of people going, oh, like didn't look like that last time or, you know, whatever. And so uh, it will be iterative. And I think uh, we, you should expect that that sort of change to take place.
0: That's, that's a great point, right? You know, we should be product managing our roadmapping process as well. You know, take that through the, the the points that we would normally go through around experimentation and discovery and getting that feedback. I think that's, that's vital. So I, I love that point. Maybe we, we finish up in terms of do you have a, a pet hate to see on the roadmap? Something that you're just like, no, we shouldn't have that on there. Um, anything that comes to mind?
1: Can I, can I say the fact that roadmaps have become a cultural sort of norm as a, as a pet, Hey, the fact, the fact they exist at all, um, and maybe, maybe this is the the point, right. Is that when the roadmap becomes the single focal point from stakeholder groups, from which to engage with product, um, like I, I think that is a sign that there's a bunch of other stuff that isn't going right. In, in your product org, you know, when you end up having conversations about, well, how do you prioritize? How do I get stuff on on the roadmap, um, you know, how one stakeholder or another needs to get, you know, more influence on on the roadmap, um, you know, ultimately, I think when good product planning gets superseded with outsourcing product decisions or, or the roadmap to the masses, um, and, and I think unfortunately in, in many ways, like, when I say the cultural norm of roadmaps, that's sort of what it's become, right? Um, and so for, for product managers, for product leaders, a big part of uh, establishing a roadmap in your organization is that education process. Um, uh, it is uh, how product decisions are made, you know, without inviting uh, a whole bunch of, um, you know, sort of unwanted um, you know, micro analysis. Um, but, but you know, I think that, that's part of the package. Uh, and so for me, that would probably be, be the pet hey is this, that you know, the, the roadmap is just become this thing, um, from, from which, uh, you know, all, all product, um, interactions happen. I, I don't think that's a, a wise, you know, it leads to incrementalism. It leads to thrashing for teams, uh, Disempowers product people, um, so yeah, that's probably. A, <laughs> but the the, the rant, uh, I guess. Uh, but but maybe maybe you ask for it.
0: No, I, to- I totally agree, and I think you know the you know the, we're looking for the experiences of a real product people. I'm nodding along. You know, it, it's not the be all and end all. I've heard terms like, oh, it's not in the roadmap for next year, or it's um, you know the roadmap's locked, or or things like the roadmap is this is this sacrosanct document that can't be changed. And I think those attitudes need to change. And whilst we're on a channel called Talking Roadmaps, you know roadmaps and and We enjoy them, they're not the be-all and end-all. And I think they need to sit alongside such an important plethora of other strategic documents, other downstream documents, and it's just one piece. And it's more of a process and a communication tool than what it looks like. You know, if you've got a roadmap on the back of a napkin, that's probably fine too. So those are the important things here. I, I guess... In in terms of your experience, and I know that we've we've obviously uh, got a, a major one, but are there any tools that you prefer to use for managing and visualizing roadmap? Uh, Road. I would
1: say no preference, but I, but I think I, I probably have landed um, on on some some go tos, right? and probably not not surprising. I think um, product management tools can can be super helpful. Um, yeah, you know, they can help with planning. They can help make you know, f- force the collection of key information from product managers, you know, these things that become the inputs, right? Uh, to, to the to the roadmap, uh, that provide some structure. You can link them to engineering um products like Jira or whatever, which is which is great. Um but but they're mostly for other product teams, right? They're for product people and engineering people, maybe product marketing, if you've got you know, product marketers who you know really in the mix with the product team, um, and maybe if you're lucky, the more technical teams like professional services, right? Like, um, but outside of that, you know, I've getting uh, in a previous role, we had a subscription to one of these product management tools, um, and we could see the logins, right? Every, everyone like via Okta or whatever could log in, and we could see the usage of non-product people. And so the traction outside of that was really small. So I think project management tools are useful; they have their place. I think they, they can help with planning and stuff, but um, but they're not the place for, for a roadmap that uh, you know is then consumed by by your your internal audiences. Um, where where I've landed is you know you probably can't beat a set of PowerPoint slides or Google slides you know that you can turn into a PDF. Um, you know, and when I talk earlier about creating a roadmap for an internal audience and then presenting that roadmap, that's probably where I am, right? I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, you've taken this collection of insight either from docs or from a product management tool. You know, I'm, I'm working in filtering the most important things with my spotlights and my headlines onto this slide or slides, um, and then I'm going to present that. Um, uh, the other thing that I think has become really important, um, at least, is it important? I don't know, I think it's, it's become probably uh, a target state for me, I, I think is, I, I do, I do see a lot of value in a version of your roadmap that's online on your website, customer facing. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, a, I think it cuts through some of the noise. I think you're the, the sort of, there's an overhead in all these audiences we talked about. Right, there's an overhead in creating roadmaps for all these different departments. Um, you know, it's probably part of the reason that product operations was was born as a as a concept. But um, I think your go to market roadmap, you know with your sales team at least, if you B two B software, let's say, uh, and your and your customers can get pretty close. So if you can get to a place where online. Uh, you know, you've got a version of a roadmap, you know, presented really nicely, very simply, easily consumable, headline items. Um you can bring your go-to-market team and your customers sort of on the same page, right? And you can uh you can really easily communicate that. I still think you you have those other options, right? Your Google Slides or whatever, but I think uh, for me that's a uh Maybe a bit of a utopia that that I do see as being something that you really gain leverage on. I think there's a uh, there's an opportunity there to have good discovery-based product conversations um, as you as you think about how you share uh, roadmaps. Um,
0: yeah that's a great point i mean there's there's nothing more flexible than than powerpoint or 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 google slides or or um you know the mirrors and murals there you show explicitly what you want to do uh, or sorry what you want to show uh, nothing else it makes it very easy for you to filter present it in the corporate way that you need to uh, I think there can sometimes be challenges trying to manage the roadmap behind that but as a presentation tool um you know it, it gives us the the biggest flexibility so I think that's a, a great answer I've got a couple of questions in terms of maybe um, some of the advice on roadmapping. So, are there any anyone's advice out there on, on roadmapping that you listen to or, or reference at all?
1: Yeah, probably a couple. I mean, I, I know you uh, you had Rich Miranov on recently. Um, he's been a, a go-to for me for uh, for, for a long time, um, particularly because he's a B two B sort of enterprise software bend to, to what he's, what he's talking about. So I think, I think Rich is great. Um, yeah, before, before we started recording, we talked about, uh, Marty Kagan, uh, I think he's, he's probably at the top of everyone's reading list. Um, you know, certainly over the years, Intercom uh, as a company, have a great blog and podcast, uh, which I've really enjoyed over the years. Um, so yeah, there may be a few, a few places that I go to.
0: Intercom's an interesting one, so that's one that I should uh, I should check out, and I'll uh, <clears throat> and, and our audience as well go and go and have a look at that because you know seeing what other companies or just other product managers are doing as as a guidance can often be really useful. You, you you know you just look at it and go I like what they're doing, and then we learn from that. You know sometimes we we learn things from all sorts of different places that we capture and
1: take those as our own best practices. For me, the point you've made there is is the critical one, right? Which is, uh. If you're going to pick up Rich's view of the world or Marty's view of the world or the next person's view of the world and like just stamp it on your org, like, you know, again, that's probably not going to work either. Um, my Where I've got to over, over time and I think my advice to others would be uh, fine, maybe the, you do do that and that's a starting point. But I would say do broad reading and broad research uh, and create a solution that works for you and your organization. Um, you know, so so much goes into the melting pot that ends up in a roadmap, right? So focusing on product planning and getting that right. Um, and then you mentioned this earlier, I think, but I don't think you can, you can go past, you, you made a comment about uh, product managing the roadmap, right? Or like this artifact. And I think speaking to your audiences, right? Understanding what it is they think they de- need. What is it they think they want to see? Uh, what experiences they've had at previous organisations that have been good or bad? Um, you know, on a department by department sort of level, uh, is uh, you know in this scenario they're the customers of this particular uh, thing. So I, I wouldn't go past uh, you know just talking to them and uh, you know blending then all of that information into something that works works for you and then iterating over time. Such a great
0: point. You know, go and ask your audience what they want and then deliver it to them and then iterate it from there, right? Don't assume that we just build something and that's all they get. Michael, that's such a good point. I love that. Um, so as we look to to close out to today's session, I've got a few more questions to ask you. So I'm, I'm curious if you were to distill your philosophy of roadmapping into a, a couple of sentences, how, how might you describe that? And that's often the most difficult question
1: we ask. I would say roadmapping is is the output and representation of good product planning. It's a communication tool that needs ownership, but it needs context.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. And it does capture a lot of the points as well. You know, talking about that context, um, the communication tool, again, so important. Um, it's It's often, you know, there's things that we need to communicate on there. But really, if those things haven't landed, the roadmap hasn't done its job. So I love that. And um and is there anything about roadmapping that I should have asked you that maybe I haven't? So any questions that I could have asked you or some some
1: points that you'd like to kind of reiterate or make? Maybe it was not necessarily a question that you didn't ask. We, we we sort of touched on it briefly when we when we get into the okay, product team communicates product roadmap to audience A. Let's just call it a sales team. Uh sales team then want to take that roadmap and communicate it, communicate it to audience B, right? I.e. the customer. Um, You know, should there be rules around distribution of of roadmap might be a question that is worth asking, Um, you know, and and on on that, you know, I guess a a few points maybe like having a disclaimer up the front of uh, either internal or external presentation of a roadmap, i.e. we reserve the right to change our mind uh, is is critical. if, if a roadmap does get sent to the customer, we need to pass with, try to look at rules, and they're not hard and fast because it's hard to enforce some of these things, but like rules that say, you know, if, if you're going to send a roadmap to a customer, ideally a PM or senior PM or senior product person's copied on the email. Um, you know, if it's getting presented, i.e., you are going to take the roadmap and you're going to present it to a customer? Well, like maybe a product person should be in the room or even a product person should be actually doing the presentation. Um, and like I said before, I think, in those circumstances, the roadmap can become a point of leveraging, a catalyst for good client discovery conversations that aren't just sales conversations. And I think um, so. Yeah, some some disclaimers and rules around uh, distribution of roadmap, I would say, is probably a. A worthwhile thing to think about.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and and one that's um, one that I've sort of been reading a bit more about in terms of you know the boilerplate of what we put, or maybe things like expiry dates on there, just things that set expectations because this can quickly come from an internal confidential document to something that can easily be shared, and if it doesn't go through those right rules, then we can cause more problems than than we
1: we solve. I made a point before about you know an online customer facing version of the roadmap, but I think there's a whole bunch of that sort of stuff to consider in there, right? You need to have those same protections in place. You got to think about competition uh, as well in that scenario. Like, there's there's other problems, but I but I do think yeah, that your points there are really important.
0: Based on your own points, Michael, but as such an important thing, you know, not falling into those those common anti patterns or bad practices that many new product managers or people that are creating roadmaps can fall into. That's perfect. So, look, I wanted to give you an opportunity just to kind of share with our audience what it is that you uh, that that uh, TrueLayer do. Um, you know, is anything that you want to tell our audience about TrueLayer?
1: Quick elevator pitch. I suppose it would be remiss uh, not to. Uh, so, TrueLayer is is an open banking payment platform. Platform, um, leveraging a sort of combination of uh, recent regulation change and new technology that banks have enabled to to reimagine the way the world pays. Essentially, um, that includes everything from providing alternative uh, payment methods to your debit card um, to you know, how the money actually settles with with merchants um, to a range of value added services uh, to help merchants streamline and improve. Uh, the payment experience. So they're all the sort of uh, types of problems and things we're working on uh, at True Layer. Uh, and, and open banking certainly is uh, becoming more prevalent uh, as a payment method, uh, across, uh, particularly across the UK and Europe.
0: Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to see you again, because obviously we've we've spoken in the past. Um, I've really enjoyed what you've had to say. Um, just to close off then, so for, for our audience, if you've liked what Michael and I have, have said, please do give us a like down below or drop a comment if something particularly resonated with you. Um, please do share this with people if you think something we've talked about would help them or really resonate with them. And if you'd like to sit where Michael is today and I have a conversation with myself or my co-host, Phil Hornby, drop a note down below or get in touch and we love to speak with you otherwise michael morris it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you have a great weekend
1: great thanks justin